UFOs and flying saucers and ETs In government conspiracies But I've seen none of the above If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles Lose my little mind Hello everybody and welcome along to another episode of X-Files Talk X-Files the only podcast that's so hell-bent on reconnecting with its long-lost son, it forgets to call him by his actual name. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, yep. That <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm David Harwood, and joining me from X-Files.News, I have Avi and Kava. Hi to both of you. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> So uh, we're all going to take some deep breaths and uh, we're going to talk about My Struggle 4, the series finale, possibly the, uh, sorry, the season finale, possibly the series finale, um, written and directed by Chris Carter, in case you couldn't tell. Um, Okay, I'm I'm going to apologize uh, right up front to Chris because I know that there is going to be some snark coming from us. Um. Most of that snark is intended to be humorous and for the pleasure of our audience. We do love you, Chris. Uh, We really appreciate you giving us this show, but unfortunately you're going to have to take some hits tonight. So I apologize in advance for that. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just going to go in. I'm I'm going to launch into my take on this episode and, and then I'll throw it over to you guys. So... Last week's episode was kind of the finale for me. I knew going into this one it was not going to be good. I knew it was going to be kind of a a bad episode. I didn't know in which way it was going to be bad. But, you know, My Struggle 1, My Struggle 2, My Struggle 3, I have not enjoyed any of those. I don't like the way that they've retconned the show. Um, I don't like the way that um, the mythology has just kind of come unspooled. And for me, I think it, it really sort of came undone. Um, probably the beginning of season eight with within and without they weren't really sure what they do with the mythology now that Mulder is gone and with him out of the picture you know can CSM still be a bad guy can it still be about aliens or should it be about something else and so we had the invention of the super soldiers which manifested throughout season eight and then became the big thing in season nine and those past the last two seasons of the of the original show never really did anything for me with the mythology and in the revival it's just gotten worse it's gotten complicated and i know that you know chris has fought it through and for him it really means something to me it, it's just not it's just not something i enjoy watching it's it just seems kind of tedious and confused and in all of these My Struggle episodes, we've had a lot of frenetic editing and a lot of time jumps back and forth. And it all just kind of seems like there's a lot of fancy footwork going on when there's not really a whole lot of plot or pacing going on behind it. So I turned up to watch this episode because, you know, obviously we're going to talk about it. It is the finale of the show. Um, but I knew going in, I was just going to you know, kind of being different to whatever happened. And as it turned out, it was kind of an episode that was easy to be indifferent to. Not a whole of a lot really happened. I mean, Scully was just sitting on the phone for the entire thing. Um, but, um, you know, so so 
when you contrast it to the season 10 finale where basically the sky started falling um you know basically nothing happens in this one so it was an easier finale to be indifferent about especially when we had that beautiful scene at the church at the end of the last episode so um I'm, I'm feeling it very hard to be passionate about this episode. Um, I knew it was going to be bad, and I knew it was going to be some sort of potential way that we could sign off the show. Um, hopefully, you know, hoping that Chris had learned his lesson after last season, that we weren't going to end with such a dramatic cliffhanger. And, you know, credit to him, we didn't have that this time around. What I didn't realize was the sheer body count that we were going to get in this episode. And it basically came across to me as Chris deciding, you know, fuck you guys. I'm going to take my ball, fuck off home and burn down the playground. <laughs> Everybody is dead. The end. Mm -hmm. So, um, Ava, wants to go. <laughs> I, I sort of envy you the finding it hard to get passionate about part because i have been so upset since wednesday morning <laughs> i just like i i, I knew more, it was gonna be i knew it was gonna be crap i knew it was gonna be another my struggle where you know people are talking you know frantically on the cell phones and stuff but there's not a whole lot of the characters that we know and love because we haven't had that from the other revival mythology episodes right and i but i think for me it's like i mean i i too kind of going in because of what we'd you know, the, what we'd heard and what we'd seen being shot, because um, Avi and I were both uh, lucky enough to be on, on set for this one. Uh, we can talk about that a little more in a bit. Um, but just so from what we already knew kind of going in and then from the, the promos and, and, and things like that, I mean, you know, it was going to be, it was going to be a struggle. <laughs> I was just, you know, so I, I was prepared for that going in, but just to see how it was executed and how, I guess I get I can excuse you know poor storytelling blah, blah, blah that's fine um, and and but to me the the thing that just so enraged me was you know you watch this show for twenty five years and for me personally Scully has been a hero to me and to see her completely sidelined for the entire episode whereas in my struggle too as much of a dumpster fire as that could be at, at times she was like busting off to save the world, right? I mean, she was coming up with the science that was going to save everybody. And she or she is like this big giant hero. And now this time it's just, like you said, she gets to stay at home and sit on the phone. And I think that's, you know, plot twists and everything else aside, that that's what got me fired up from the get-go. Um, not to mention what actually ended up happening as they went along. But. Well, yeah, I mean, um, back in the day, David was, you know, made some public statements about being unhappy with the blessing way and how he felt like Mulder was kind of sidelined in that episode and Scully was the one going out there and doing stuff. And well, but that's fine because I, I know, I know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm saying that <laughs> it's a, it's yes, it's kind of flipped in a way, but at mm -hmm. least he had a story in that this time. And mm -hmm. this, there wasn't much story at all. Mulder just drives around. You know, because he he, I mean, he suddenly decided that he's a father, and Scully just gets to sit around on the phone, and nothing nothing much is happening anyway. So the fact that she's not doing anything and nothing's happening, it just makes it that much worse. At least in Anasazi, the blessing way, we had a story, we had mm -hmm. some good stuff going on, and I I miss those vintage mythology episodes. I really, really do. Sorry, Avi, go for it. It's, I mean. 
I'm kind of, I guess, in between you two. Um, on the one hand, I feel like, yeah, like all the my struggles suffer from the same problem. Um, it's stories that haven't really quite settled that needed some kind of more development that no one really was in agreement to like what they were shooting and in in the in the case of my struggle tree that that one episode ended up being heavily edited it wasn't even like exactly what they shot it took forever to quite settle on that but at least that one got a lot of notes and my struggle for for the dynamic of the season and everything that was transpiring between you know getting from Ghouli to this episode um there wasn't much that was put into the process of of you know not only hearing notes but also addressing those notes and and then you know coming up with an episode that actually sounded more more cohesive to what what the character had been established at least a little bit on, on Ghoulie. And that's in terms of William. But I think the my main problem with this episode, and I, I find it that it happens a lot with not only my struggle four, but my struggle three. Um and I would say my struggle one, not so much in my struggle two, is that these episodes feel claustrophobic in the way that their world has been reduced to whatever is convenient to tell about the story. And so whenever you watch them, it's kind of like, oh, I'm I'm confined to these characters that kind of like go on their sort of pensions and kind of adventures, but there's no real interaction with the the logic of the real war whatsoever. So you have Mulder going from, from I don't know, Washington or, or whatever, Virginia to Maryland to Tennessee to like in the space of minutes, <laughs> uh, never stopping even for gas. And oh, I don't know what kind of Ford that is that can like, Warp speed. I mean, do they sell that one yet? It's the kind uh, we all want to buy. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but, but also, it's the thing where I feel like okay, people are com- completely panning the episode. But what I, uh, like, what I feel is that this episode could have worked if it had been developed enough. Because the thing is that as a story saying that, you know, uh, right now William is tired of seeing in his visions what will become of his life. And then, you know, knowing that his confirmed father is awful and wants to experiment on him and all this stuff, it's not something that he wants to be part of. And that, you know, that that storyline alone, if well developed, if it didn't need for me to to download the episode and watch frame by frame the monologue to see the images that I'm seeing, or the visions that Scully is having, or the visions that Miles is having, or like sorry William, um, if it if it need didn't need of that, it would be a lot easier to watch this episode. If it if I didn't have Scully sitting down at at the uh, Mulder's house. I don't even know if they're living together anymore. But if they, if they didn't, ha- 
if it didn't have Scully shackled to basically to a desk, then a lot it would sound a lot more cohesive to what we were going with the previous episodes where that you have them together a lot more, where they they worked out together a lot of the problems. The excuse on this, and I guess I'll I'll have to choose to take it, is that with this being William's struggle, um, Chris also chose to make it about Mulder's paternity and see that through those eyes. And I guess that it's also a bit of a needed uh, situation because we don't have enough of a relationship with William. So doing an episode that it's about William's struggle when I don't really have a, a way to make him the central character, you need to add up that other characters that you're going to tell the story through it. But the problem with the, the character that he chose to accompany William on this quest is that he's making very grand statements about his relationship with William and and we end up on that heartbreaking scene on the dock where Mulder is completely undone by the fact that William has died and he's and his son and all the stuff that feel completely, completely unworth. Because I don't think that Mulder has earned that. I I mean I can see where people can go and say, oh, he's sad because he's he's thought that he's been his father, and I think Kiva and I agree on this, uh, that he's imagined himself that and made peace with the fact finally that that you know William is his son and and much more or or much more now than ever. But making a statement that what it, what what is he if not a father? It's kind of like way too much. It's like, dude, you just acknowledged it for the first time like two episodes ago, right? I and sort of felt like, sorry, it just because I mean we see him in Ghoulie, and that's Scully's burden. She's the one who's grieving, and he, you know, you can argue he's trying to to be strong for her or whatever. And you do get that one point where he goes out and says to the guy, you know, you know, keep cracking wise. You have no idea of my state of mind. So there, you know, there is maybe a little bit of that defense of his son, like in there, but he just, I don't feel like he'd ever. But, but it's also throughout, throughout the, the pain of losing William has been obvious and blatant to Scully Mm -hmm. because Scully was there for at least a year of his life. She was the one that gave him away. Uh, she was the one that whatever little that that infant existed as a human being, she was the one that knew how it felt. He didn't. And and you can you can we can get into a lot of discussions about how how it should be equally worth the pain between a father and a mother. And all the stuff, but at the same time, you also built this structure 
where William and Scully are the ones having divisions, where they're the ones with the quote-unquote special connection. So also, you're not giving Mulder the ability to create that special connection with William either, to say that he has this experience of feeling how it is to to be a father to this to this man. So, you know, I get the sadness. It's it it needed to be written differently. Well, like, I, I mean, you can have, you know, the father and the mother both grieve and, you know, deal with these mm -hmm. emotions, but why have you got to do it separately? Why can't they do it together? Yeah. And, why is it going to be one and, or the other? And why why do we as an audience and as however it is that you decide to interpret the scene between Scully and Skinner, why do we get to 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 be, you know, cheated out of the moment of the reveal when you tell Scully that, you know, the truth about her son, about CSM being the father, about this leading up to this master plan that, you know, he may have. Because the, the thing is that, you know, yes, okay, William has this connection and we're made to infer and this, you know, doing a little bit of mental gymnastics that that William is also communicating to Scully that he knows that CSM is the father and, and that this stuff has been, you know, festering <laughs> their communications. But that's that one doesn't come through enough. And mm -mm. two, for how big it is, of a of a reveal of a of a conflicting moment for not only the audience but also for the characters themselves to learn that CSM is a father to come into a finale whether it be series or shows finale and not have that moment addressed and see the impact that it has on the actual victims of the problem it's a it's it's an issue that it's really big and and uh, and and for me, having had had a conversation with Chris, where he tells me we didn't need to see it again, I, I mean, I don't take it as like I'm going to, you know, punch kittens right now because of what what you told me, but I kind of did because it's it's not effective nor just storytelling, and I'm not talking about fandom justice. I'm talking about character justice i'm talking about story justice you 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 plant seeds that you then come full circle to that you you either you know create clever ruses or 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 use the standard methods to come and address later on and none of this was used instead we kind of shied away from the moment because mm, i i mean we're using this kind of clever device that there's this mental communication and it's too much is put into that device right too much That's is trusted to people oh look there's a sonogram too much is trusted to people to say oh look there's like contagion visions and too much is and and illogic decisions made because of that all of a sudden we have scully calling Tad O'Malley and telling him that the contagion is happening right now how does she come to this realization i have mm -hmm. no idea I mean, I, I a lot of people are like, well, you know, she's she's seen in, in her visions and she's decided that the contagion is happening right now. I'm like, I don't even know when that moment of decision happened. I've watched this episode eight times now. 
I don't know when that moment of decision happened. I don't know when she decided William is no longer my son. And to go from I can protect him and vehemently defending that that point of view to four minutes later or whatever story wise that amount of time that they run through the sugar factory and get to the the end of the dock and tell tell Mulder, no, you know, it's fine. I mean he wanted to go away and you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's a thing. We can we now have miracle baby number two. And that's and that's yeah. To just like step back a sec from all that, because I totally want to nitpick all that other shit. But that's that's the whole problem. It's it's he just it's like he assumes that we know all this stuff. There's no actual story told. We waste the entire episode on car chases and foot chases and the moments that actually matter, like trying to learn more about. Okay, so why does this other conspiracy want William? Why does the CSM want William? You know, when is this contagion going to be released? Why is Scully so certain that she's going to? She's so certain that she goes to the press about this. This is a woman who needs proof for everything. Why would she, you know, unless she had that in her hand that this thing is about to happen, other than just this vision, like, why would she do that? So where's the backstory there? Where there's just, the whole episode feels like an outline. Like, we can do this, and we can do this, and we can do this, but there's no, there's so little actual story being told. There's so many gaps where you're trying to figure out, like, what does this even have to do with, that's, you know, that's like, my big problem with it, and I think it's been a problem with all of the My Struggles. Maybe My Struggle 2 less so, because at least something happens there. But in all of the others, it's kind of somebody says something, and so they go and do something. There's no, you know, there's no sort of big goal. There's no sort of ticking clock or anything there. And it could have been so easily fixed in this one if Mr. Y or somebody had actually caught William. And so they have to go and save him rather than just... Oh, you know, we've had a phone call from Monica. Um, any murders today? No. Um, any weird <laughs> shit happening? No. Yeah. I, then, I guess we then, could get in the car and go try and find our son. Sure. Okay. I'll just stay here by the phone. And then that call, oh. that call is supposed <laughs> to be seen as part of her redemption, when in reality, she just used Mulder to kill Mister Y. Mhm. Because and, she's like. And CSM he, is having a cigarette outside the car at that point, is he? Yeah. When yeah. Is, when has he ever Apparently. cared about you know somebody passive smoking from him? <laughs> Maybe right. he just jumped out to take a leak at the gas station. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't even. I don't even get into silly discussions like that. But then there's like, you know, because <laughs> there's so much I, other sillier stuff that actually matters. I, mean, I know. Yeah, there's so much more to discuss about. Like, how is this even? I don't. I mean, I don't understand also how is that what triggers this moment in time so we have we we know that mr y and and erica price are are looking for for william and and we know that that csm and monica are quote-unquote looking for william and we know that Mulder and scully are quote-unquote looking for william but what triggers the fact that that Monica knows this. That sends Mulder to look for him. There's no logical trigger for them to go like, oh, we're going to catch them. We're going to catch him now. This is what has happened. That now everyone is aware of where he's going and, and setting each other's up to like grab the, the kid from the other. That doesn't happen. This, the, the beginning of the story doesn't happen. Which is already on itself an issue. And then the 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 next the, the next problem is that 
So to address what you said, that kind of seemed like like Chris is just like destroying all of his toys and, and leaving. The truth of the matter is that he actually, and if you will watch the episode, everything can be retcon because yes. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Skinner might not die, uh, and and CSM got shot. But well, we've been in this conversation before. Um, and Monica gets shot in the head. And there obviously are production shots where you can see that she actually gets shot in the head. But in editing, they decided that she kind of veers on the side and she might she might make it out. And that even if that weren't the case, we can still come back and say, you know what? She has alien DNA. <laughs> and now she's immune even to headshots. <laughs> so, um, yeah. She I mean, can just regenerate like William did. I mean, yeah, we uh, and then William gets shot, but he gets thrown in the water, and then it merges like Wolfman, and and so basically, we, I mean, yeah, we're basically aside the fact that Erica Price gets blown into pieces, and Mister Y gets shot in the head, and God knows if they also have at least Mister Y, they have the the science to fix that. But we're basically kind of a little bit in square one again. Minus, you know, the fact that now they will have a baby. Which, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, yes, I have issues. I have very bad logic issues about a 54-year-old woman being pregnant. And that has made for quite many conversations that i never thought i would have but but also yeah okay i can suspend i can i can go in the suspension of disbelief or whatever it is that you say it to okay make peace with the fact that the x-files is a science fiction show at the same time and we've had the discussion before and I think we had it about my struggle too, or whatever it is that this happened last. Is that one of the things that defined the X Files is that it was rooted in reality in such a way that made me think that this could happen to me and fear whatever I'm watching on on screen. Mm-hmm. And while I can see that happening with many other issues that have effectively been put on this season uh whether it, it just feels like compounding or, or or provoking a fear that's another question but this one issue for women for or for a certain amount of women it's a bit of what what are you talking about here and as a as a storyteller it's kind of like okay so you've given a couple of almost 60 year old people a kid that by the time that he's 18 you need to be put in a home <laughs> how or she is 18 we have decided apparently that is a girl but like how like how is this i think like i don't i don't i don't get it i don't i don't i don't see how this is a new beginning for them and also in the terms of how you make justice for for characters, you don't have to have a new kid 
to define that you have a new beginning in your life. Okay. I, there, they have plenty of, of, you know, things to look forward to, like actually being able to enjoy a weekend without someone breaking into their house as a new beginning. You know, peace and quiet is a new beginning. Right. Right? They being made that new beginning. Yeah, being able to like, you know, like some people have been joking and like, like just like lay on the couch eating pizza and reading the phone book is a new beginning. Like at this point, you know, you just having them be able to have a normal life within their present reality, within the things that they were made to lose, is a new beginning. Because they would have the life of a person of their age and still carry on the consequences of their life. So, yeah, I'm retired. I'm no longer being, you know, persecuted or whatever it is that you decide that you're going to forgive them for. But they also always have the reminder that at some point they had a son that they couldn't, they couldn't raise and that unfortunately ended up in the way that it ended up. But there's no need for a baby. There's absolutely no need for that. Let them let them live their life. Let them let them have a little bit of peace. And I mean, as we know, William's not actually dead, so maybe at some point he does reach out. You know, you know and yeah, and, and, and they they had their new beginning last week. I mean, they they yeah. they started over. I mean, that's that's essentially what that church scene meant it's to me the, that they came back together. And and so just let let them have that. Like, why do yeah. we need a consolation baby? I mean, that's not. And it's, it's also, to me that's just sort of an insult to people who have struggled with issues like that and it just ugh, the whole thing just makes me ill i mean some people are happy about it great i'm just like no nah, man <laughs> also it is the thing where you know we have been rooting for them to 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 be a couple and to enjoy enjoy being together let them be together correct and mm-hmm. and i am sure that you, David, as a father, you're going to definitely agree with me on this. Whenever you had a life with your wife, or whenever she wasn't your wife, and you were newly married and, and didn't have kids, things were completely different, and you would enjoy each other in a different way. And when you had kids, there's a set of responsibilities and, 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 and things that make you worry that take away from the time that you have for your, for your partner. And how is this now giving them a, a, some sort of a price? You're indeed canceling out any time that they had reserved to develop their newly found relationship. So I, I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't see why this was a mature decision. And every every time that people come at me and say like, well, you know, they had no choice. It's what happened. I'm like. Okay, we can have that argument where we can also have the argument that writers make choices. And you can have the argument that the character tells you what to do and that you have to service that character for whatever whatever natural choices that character would have in terms of how you've developed that character to be. And that's fine. In this episode, you've betrayed those. And as a writer, telling a story in ways that makes sense and that don't betray many things that you've established it also lacks a little bit of that and i'm not saying that you know chris is not being truthful to what he set up for he, he is 
he he said I'm going to do four character studies and they're going to delve into these topics that were you know pointed out to him by a collection of books and he kind of took that to heart and and took from those themes and he did that and it's a challenge that he tried to stick up for but there were other things that needed to be addressed and and like I said at the beginning I I still truly believe that these stories could have been told better and that they could have been that they could have been still the same stories and and developed great and we'll have been in a different place and a lot of these kings would have been there but that's not what happened and and I I just can't be with everyone going oh this was the perfect ending and I loved it and and it's Car- Chris Carter genius yeah he definitely is I'm just criticizing right now one episode out of over 200 episodes that we had and I, I don't I'm not dismissing everything that he created by it but I can't be blind to all these things and also all the people that defend him and then go through threads and threads of conversation kind of like doing mental gymnastics about how things work out you're also inherently also pointing out the faults in these episodes and not realizing that you're on the same page with us but not quite admit into it yeah um (laughs) this it just wasn't a good episode um and i agree with everything that you've just said there both of you um i don't know when it became Mulder and scully's quest was to have a child and have a happy family i mean it was never any sort of goal there in the original show and you know Yes, it was cool when she announced at the end of Requiem that I'm pregnant, because we all knew that that was impossible. Um, But even so, when the show then came back, I kind of had that nagging sort of feeling that, you know, this is a show that's on the decline, let's face it, you know, half of the... um, the central duo has decided he's going to leave the show for at least half the episodes this season and now they're going to dump a baby on us um which is kind of like the hallmark of shows in decline uh, they bring in a cute little child uh, into the show to try and get people to like it again a little bit and um, you know the mythology sort of went off the wall there and stuff um i yeah the end of Nothing Lasts Forever, that was the perfect end for the show. And yes, it was a standalone Monster of the Week, but it was it was a perfect way to tie up the Mulder and Scully relationship because mm-hmm. it didn't give, you know, shippers everything that they wanted. You didn't get to see them making out in the church, but it was that emotional sort of thing and it didn't it didn't tie up everything in a nice neat bow. It set the promise that, you know, this is what we want to do, this is what we're going to work towards, but you don't actually see that all coming to fruition because this is the X-Files and nothing does get tied up in a neat bow. Um, And he kind of seems like he's trying to do this a little bit now. I mean, if the show doesn't come back, is this the neat little bow that, okay, um, they said last week they're going to be together and they're going to do that, and hey, here you go, we have a a baby which, um, let's say, is legitimately both of theirs and is not some sort of super freak which if the show does come back by the way it probably will be revealed as this baby is yet again another super freak and scully has to go on the run Mm -hmm. with the child in order to protect it let's not kid ourselves about that right 
if the show does come back, I would love to have a scene uh, in a coffee shop or over brunch somewhere with Scully and her brother Bill. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing getting pregnant at 50 fucking four or whatever it is? Seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's I your point me. about... Yeah, but, like, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, like, that was also another thing. And I know that I'm cheating, too, because this is coming out of my conversation with Chris. He claims that it's not like they were looking for the kid. So, I mean, also, it's a thing where, like, you're even taking that choice away from them. Even if, like, because before, and like you said on the on, on the previous episode, she's, like, praying for some kind of miracle and they left it vague enough that some people will take the leap that she was praying to get pregnant but even if now with that statement from Chris that was not what she was praying to for then they're also left with like the no choice of like taking care of the situation now and he's kind of like you know taking it in a way that he's saying well we're all in shock there in the port yeah, we were all in shock there in the port. We didn't need that. To be, we didn't need yeah. to be in shock. That's the, the thing, too, that I think just frustrates me the most about all this, to go from, you know, the week before where they, you know, again, back to the church scene, where they make this choice to be together and to move forward together, and then a week later we leave them. And it's not even, I mean, if you're going to play the baby card, whatever. I think it's ridiculous, but if you're going to do it, okay. Could we at least have made it a moment of like just a little bit of joy instead of leaving them both sobbing and in shock on the dock? And that's the last we see of it. And there's no real, it all happened so fast in just such that short little stretch. It's like, oh, by the way, our first kid is dead. Well, he wasn't really yours. And yeah, I was never a mother to him anyway. It's fine. And, and you know, what am I if I'm not a dad? Oh, but surprise. Like, the what? end. Like, what in the Jazz hands. Was that? I just. <laughs> I can't, I just, I just cannot reconcile that in, in my brain. I mean, that we did not get to see, and again, because we wasted so much fucking time on a Ford commercial, and we didn't get to see these moments that really mattered. You know, we, did, we didn't get the, you know, we didn't get the reveal with Skinner. We didn't get the, you know, just the, just the way Scully sort of tosses that off as, you know, I was never really to a mother to him. Like, I just about threw my computer out the window because there's just no... It, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with what we saw in episode and five. Then, and then, then there's people that they're saying that, you know, the more power to them and bless them for saying this. And I, I again, I have no ill will towards like the people that are seeing this from the paternity side. I have obviously being a woman, I have a bit of an, of a mental gymnastics to do because I can't connect to that. But, you know, then there's people that say that she needed to say that to make Mulder feel better and to save him from whatever it is in both that he had. And I'm Ugh. sorry, but really? <laughs> so you just when dismissed is- your whole plight, the whole pain of your only 17 years because this guy is crying at the end of the dog. Really? The only thing that I can think of that makes any sort of sense is that she knows that William, and let's let's call him Jackson because that's the name that he goes by. He is Jackson. Yeah. You know, William, 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 William. Um, <laughs> um, maybe she knows that Jackson is not actually dead and that he is there under the water and alive and maybe some way their psychic connection is telling her that 
he that she does actually need to just leave him be and I don't know. I mean, that's the sure. best. Sure, I, I guess that's with, vague but... enough that you could but make I, that argument. I just don't feel like she'd lie to him about that. I just want to. I just want to read you something real quick on that. Um, something uh, one of my friends online, Alex. Um, shout out to you, who wrote about this. Was that you know this whole episode is basically about them trying to reconnect with William, and he's like. Um, you know, you can't protect me. I can explode people's heads. Um, I don't need. You. I don't need you. Um, I get that you're my biological parents and you want to hang out, and that's cool. But this is really not a good time. You're just leading the bad people to me. And that's right. what that true. Is. Yeah, so that's it, very you know, true. If you think of it like that, maybe it does make sense that she's got some sort of psychic connection that's telling her, okay, it's time to leave, go away. But. But what can, what, why can't we have that? Like, why can't we have that conversation? Right. He, he kind of sort of get it in the motel where where he's like, you know, you just like you're leading the yeah, he, it, that conversation is kind of like that. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's it's the setting, it's this it's the way that the story was laid out. It makes mm -hmm. for a really wonky, you know, experience because we don't live on any scene. We don't get to, to actually digest what we're being told. It's, it's cut after cut after cut after cut. And then like four minutes of a car chase and then right. cut after cut after cut after cut and like three and a half minutes of a food chase or parkour or like whatever mm -hmm. and it's just like I, I don't I mean I get it William is running from whatever poor Leo I guess it's for Leo that is like going after him but then you didn't need to be that much of a show off of some kind of ability and is it's it's just you know and and it, it kind of seems like a lot of circular conversation, especially to me, because, you know, I know in terms of production, in terms of filmmaking, not so much about the story part of it all, but like the challenges of producing this episode. I know that a lot of work went into this. And I know that it's not like Chris sat down and just literally just like <laughs> he thought it one night and then this happened. I know that a shit ton of work went behind making all these sequences and all these shots and, and thought went to like making the style of it all. It's not, I'm not saying that that didn't happen. That definitely happened. And, and, and being on set with Chris and seeing how much dedication he was putting even to a scene that was in the gist of it all or like a set of scenes that were in the gist of it all, not all that challenging really. Mm -hmm. But then they would end up being challenging and their work was being put behind it and there was so much care and so much stuff putting to make it work. Whatever it is that his idea is or was, he just really wanted to make a good work out of it. It's just, I mean, it still needs criticism as anything needs criticism. It's not just about Chris Carter. Everything in the world it's due for criticism. Like every movie that we watch is due for criticism. Every and, and people think that because 
these people are such eminences and that they have experience and all this stuff that we don't have the right to have a voice and to and to dissent and to be able to not like it that we are supposed to like it or else and that's not what that's not how it works because otherwise then there's not plurality on, on plurality on, on on opinions and nor there's any richness to any of our discussions and and that makes absolutely no sense that we're getting into the stuff that's happening online and and people being really vicious about the, their opinions. I get the passion and, and I'm one that, you know, that didn't particularly, you know, marry with everything on this episode, but I'm not going to go and, and, and be that person. I think there needs to be a call out for, for a little bit of more constructive criticism about all of us right now. And I, th- I think, I mean, just the fact that we are having these intense discussions, you know, says a lot to what Chris and everybody else inspired. They set the bar very high back in the day. And I think we just try to hold them to that. I mean, it's, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, you, the, you look at this episode and to me, it just wasn't executed. I mean, you can, you can kind of get the threads of the story that he wanted to tell. There's just so many gaps there. And I don't wish him any well ill will just because I'm pointing that out, you know, just. Yeah. I think a lot of people mistake, like mistake that, that by us criticizing someone, something at their work level that they were also attacking him as a person. And, and that's not the case. That's what it is. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. I mean, it's everyone, everyone has a family. And everyone has been, as many have said online, everyone has been to Thanksgivings where they get into fights or the most inane of things or, or over the most life-changing things. And at the end of that dinner, you have the choice to remain a family or not. And, and, and that is the case of many of the communities today online where people are having discussions. And at the end of the day, it's just, you know, send an emoticon with like a smiley face and go like, you know what? I still love you. And that's great. I love that that happens. I, I, I had the experience of talking with Chris Carter and had a conversation for an hour with him where we went into this conversation exactly with that attitude. We knew that we were going to dissent about many things. And he knew that he was going to try to convince me or to explain things for me so that my experience as a viewer would be better. And maybe he did in certain points. He enriched the experience of watching this episode. But that happened because I had the experience of talking to him. It didn't happen for everyone. It happened to me because I'm in this position that I get to have this conversation. And I guess... As an extension, he knew that I would I, I would give this on my review, and a lot of people will learn it. And and we still had a conversation where we didn't agree on many things, and still, very civilly and very much like the friendship that we have for over ten years, we still ended up that that call with the best of wishes for both of us, and. And with an understanding that we deeply respect each other's work. So, you know, I, I, I love the guy. I'm not gonna, you know, go into any kind of things online wishing him bad because I think that's really unfair nor does he deserve it. And, and I think that a lot of people need to also understand that, I mean... 
as much as offense as you take by me saying this is an episode, uh, a show that has become so big that it's almost unmanageable, that's that's not only for Chris. That would be the case for anyone that takes on the show. Because it's been 25 years of building a mythology and an universe that has so many players and so many things going on that you would basically need a government to try to figure it out. A government on its own to like sections of like trying to figure out like, oh, you are, cons- you are now minister of the conspiracy and then you are now, you know, secretary of, you know, like people put it on IMDb, the love scene love supervisor, scene supervisor. <laughs> or whatever that was. Or like, you know, I mean, it, yes, Chris is the showrunner and he, and just like, like David put, pointed it out in this interview, uh, Consequence of Sound, yeah, he's been there to give room not only to his own episodes, but also to the creation of all these other writers that came into the show that, quote-unquote, hijacked the show from him for a week and let them have their own vision. Um, and that's great. I recognize that. But that's also the style for a lot of showrunners that learn from him. That's not exclusive anymore. In in that sense, that's all great. You can do that. You let uh, your other your other uh, writers hijack the show and do their own thing. But it is also your responsibility of us, as a showrunner to keep the through line that he actually effectively this season tried to do. And that he effectively in the seasons in the original run of the show did. Not so much on season 10. So... Yeah, I just think that's the thing that kills me about it a little because especially if we want to go so far as retconning William's parentage I mean you know that's and as the showrunner to me that's your responsibility to keep track of these threads you'd woven in the earlier seasons I mean they it, it comes up multiple times Scully has an amnio she's talking at the at the beginning of Essence about how she's checked and rechecked this baby and he's fine you can't tell me that she's not going to know who the father really is, you know? And, and then we go to the truth we both know at the very end of existence, and it's this lovely little moment. I mean, it, it just makes no sense to me to try and walk that back. Of all things that you're going to try and retcon, why do something like that that's so, like, woven in? I mean, there are plenty of reasons that are canon that would have made William special that you still could have had this nonsense with the cigarette-smoking man and Mr. Y and all these other factions trying to get him, but not had to retcon that point. You know, I just, I don't understand why that decision was made. Yeah, William I, William didn't need to be CSN's, uh, you know, biological son to be bad. Well, there have been a lot of decisions like that over the more recent seasons, um, you know, and including eight and nine in that. I mean, we have that episode, Trust No One, where uh, Terry O'Quinn appears, who was Darius Michaud in Fight mm-hmm. the Future, and we talked on the podcast uh, when we were talking about that episode. It's like it would have been so easy just to have said, "Oh, he was a super soldier this whole time," yeah. and boom! Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you've got the current mythology ties into the movie four mm-hmm. years previous, mm-hmm. and yep. it was there for the taking. It was so easy, and they didn't it was, do it. it and yeah, we've, it was we've so fallen easy down that same trap time and time yeah. again ever since. 
it was so easy too yep. to that to that point because when there's Michelle dies, he's kind of like, "It's fine if I explode here. I'm just gonna sit and take it." And why would he do that? Only because he knows that there's no consequence to his death because he'll can come back later. So like, why not do that? That would be that would have been such a great twist. It would have made them look so good. And I don't know. It would have justified did... that episode, which otherwise yeah. is not a but good episode. I, you don't talk. You don't talk bad about that episode. We don't talk trash about. Stuff keep like rolling. That keep rolling. Keep no, rolling. You need. You need to not do that right now. <laughs> that opening monologue is still one of my favorite things. <sighs> so you need to not. You need to not right now. I, 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 right now, shippy, shippy is happening. So like, you no. Know. Yep. <laughs> But like yep. no, but like no. I'll, I'll I mean I, I get, it. but like, but then also, and that was one of the other questions that I asked Chris is like he had all these tools. Why create new ones? I mean, why make it harder for yourself? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? And and I and then I also asked him too about this of making the decision of only making bookends about mythology, and then Ghouli became a mythology. It wasn't intentionally to begin with. And and he, I mean, for to his choice, he he decided that he wanted to try to do the same thing that he did whenever they had the original run of the show, which is like you know have the first episode and the last episode mythology episodes, and then you would have two partners in the middle of it that would be mythology. Um, and that was kind of sort of what happened, and it was abated a little bit here and there whenever they would have these inserts here and there of things that would end up being part of the conspiracy. But there were new elements of the conspiracy. Like if, if you if you have economy of the story where where you can make the universe manageable but believable, then then things hit harder and you're not so occupied with trying to create rules for this universe over and over again which is why and to come back to something that you said in the beginning of this conversation I know that I largely panned my struggle too but something that my struggle too had going for it is that it a lot happened it was a thing that had a beginning and an end whether the science had any logic to it, that's another thing. But it was it was a sequence of things that led us to a cliffhanger that was a huge cliffhanger. Still responsible because we didn't know if we were going to come back or not. But even more responsible in hindsight because we came back to a season where we were conned as a vision, kind of. And then we got to a finale of the series or the show or the season that barely touched on it mm-hmm. and 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 yeah you can make the argument that you don't need to see it again or, or need it developed because you already know how it would end up being and i can get i can give you that but at the same time for something so big when you're telling me that the world is going to end and then we go on that on that note on the ending of this episode, then I just I just feel like I'm just reading very little sort of limited storytelling where the universe around them hasn't been fleshed out enough. 
mm-hmm. which is something that my struggle too had going out for it for them. I mean, it had a huge bridge with all these people that were going to suffer all these consequences and all these hospitals and all this stuff and like the urgency and, and everything that was built up there. I don't have that in my struggle for. And for as much as we want to justify that call with, with Tad O'Malley, I don't have, I don't understand why all of a sudden Scully would decide that this is the moment that I'm going to convince Tad O'Malley that this is it. I don't know, man. I mean, I will say as a, as a, as a point of closure to this whole thing, I think we've gone long enough with it. I don't know if you have more things to talk about. I think we have so many other things that we could talk about here. But, I mean, it is Chris's choice. It is his story. I can go on and on and on. And, and that call could have been three hours long. And he would have let me for that call to be three hours long. And me debating every single thing of the season or praising him for every single decision that they made of the season. Um, but it's his choice. It's a story that he wants to tell. We're invited to like it or not. We can all, you know, do it or not. We can agree to not or, or, or yes. Go ahead and like everything that we've been given. Um... I will recognize him for sticking to his guns and 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 working hard to try to get ideas that are sort of hard to digest out there. Um, I I get him on the point that he wants to show us realities that are not comfortable and not pleasant to digest with the whole you know, medical rape thing and and CSM coming back to, like, we having to put up with this guy yet again. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And this is, the, this is the revival that we got. And no one ever said that if we got a revival, everyone would be completely happy and satisfied, nor do, did we get to tell them the story that they needed to tell. So, you know, as much as I like to point out errors and mistakes and all this stuff, I'm also very aware of that. So I think that's something that we have to we have to make peace with and and just move on, I guess. I think it's gonna take me a little while to make peace with this being Scully's end. I just I wanted more for her. And, and to see her kind of go out on that sidelined note hurts for me personally. And I, I'm, I'm disappointed that after all this time, that's how it ended. But other things I can, I can deal with. I mean, I, I was disappointed in the storytelling, whatever. It's fine. I don't, you know, I was, you know, like we've said, I got that closure the week before in the church. I just mm-hmm. wish we could have gone out on a, on a better note for, for both of them. I mean, just to see a little bit of, you know, justice serve, maybe see them, Scully said earlier in the season, you know, I feel like the, the world is going to hell and we're the only two people who can stop it. What, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen more of that for them to actually make some progress in that fight and to, you know, to, to get some justice for them, for themselves for all they've been through. So I, yeah, it's a hard thing to do because to be quite honest, sometimes I, I, I watch this episode and I'm like, 
uh, if we had cut Scully out of it, would it have suffered a whole lot? I don't think so. I think the episode um, has so little of her that it's almost, you know, it's, I, I don't even know past that call from Monica that Mulder gets to have and some cluster lottery findings that she did on a computer. I don't know that she does a whole lot or enough for it to be crucial that she was even there. So, and that's so, just sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe you can debate that, you know, you know, she brought Skinner there. I don't even know where Skinner dies. Um, and yeah, I can, I get why Skinner would shoot Monica, but at the same time, I still don't know why Monica is with the cigarette smoking man. And I was yet again on that interview you know, had an, an attempt to explain to me why she did, I still don't get enough. I still am left too much for interpretation as to why Monica Reyes would be part of CSM's thing. And and so, you know, yeah, I think the saddest part of it, you know, agreeing with Keva is, yeah, Scully is so underutilized in the show and in, in this particular episode that it's just you know for for being the ending of any season even if you weren't to consider that this was the ending of the show it's sad it's not fair to whatever story nor has it been fair to the character by itself so yeah not like he didn't know that was coming. So that, mm-hmm. that I think is the frustrating part because whether or not the show returns, whether you want it to return, I mean, the fact remains that Jillian Anderson has said she's done playing Scully and I respect that and more power to her. So, you know, if we know that, why, you know, why couldn't we have taken the time to involve her more, to give her more action, to give her more to, to do and in your, in your conversation, Chris had, had said something along the lines of, well, you know, she says that she's pregnant, so that's why she stays behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, bullshit. You know, the yeah. last time Scully was pregnant, she was out traipsing through the desert looking for her missing partner, among other things. You know, and there was that whole arc of Monsters of the Week that they hunted in, the, in that time frame as well. So I just, I don't buy that as a as an excuse so it's yeah it it just it it just remains to me that it's too bad that that's they had the time to to make her a satisfying end arc or even a you know satisfying if you want to do the cliffhanger chris knock yourself out but at least let her be more of a participant in her own story as it's coming to an end don't just leave her there on the phone yeah and like from the outside looking in then it's also a thing where like today or the day before sci-fi's, you know, article came out and confirmed, we already knew, but we didn't know if we were allowed to, to share that, that Jillian and them as a whole, and, and the whole production team had out several pages withheld until the end of the, of the shoot. And, and, and so not a lot of people knew what the ending was, but but Chris had talked with David about 
what would happen in the episode and, and kept Jillian largely in the dark and um, and didn't share that ending with them until the and with her until the very end of the shoot and as a nectar I mean Jillian is, is, is spectacular she has so so much of talent that she can draw from that may do for not having this preparation but as an actor that has been involved in a show for so many years I find it really disrespectful because you know he had the whole of the time to prepare his shots and prepare his plan and talk it over with whoever he needs to talk it over with so to be able to to do his work the work that Jillian needs to do to make the scene happen it's also important so claiming that you wanted to see her react with the same shock as the audience and and not understand that she needs also time to develop that so that the audience is all, it's also believing that shock it's kind of odd to have that choice happen and and I've talked this over with people that were actually involved in the show and they kind of all felt the same way that, you know, that for as much as this is a gimmick of the show, the production of the show, that they always would help pages to try to not get any leaks, to try to figure out, you know, how to get the best out of the actors, to try to, you know, abate the fact that, you know, spoilers or the studio didn't, you know, or whatever. There are some things that at the end of the day you need to get practical on. And one of the things that I that I say in my review is that, you know, I'm seeing Jillian Anderson break down in tears in that doc. And it looks horrific in the sense that I really feel for her. I feel that she is indeed in pain. I don't feel like her pain matches what she's saying. Mm -hmm. And that is part of that problem. And to the difference of that, I believe, despite of not liking, I believe a lot more what's happening to Mulder. And that's because he sat on that information and processing the information about the ending was for a lot longer. So I, I know that not a whole lot of people have the experience of working on sets and working with actors and being a director or being a writer, but these are the consequences of that. And, and I mean... Fine, you can take the decision of playing fast and loose with your actors and having that kind of dynamic. But I particularly, I particularly as a filmmaker, I wouldn't do that. I, I don't think that that's fair. And, I, and it goes along with everything in this episode where she wasn't allowed to be as participant creatively than other people. So, you know. Yeah. We can it, be it, here yeah. for another two hours. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap this up. But I mean, it's one thing to have Scully suddenly become, well, not suddenly, but over the course of time to become this character who no longer makes her own decisions but has these things done to her and mm -hmm. she doesn't have any control over anything, which is why, or, or partly why, the scene at the end of last week's episode was so powerful because it was all about them both making a choice mm -hmm. a conscious mm -hmm. choice together yes. yeah mm -hmm. um but then to have this episode where you know it all kind of hinges on this well, i mean hinges but 
you have this significant final scene and for the actor to be kept in the dark then so that she doesn't have she's the, it's her secret so it should be her the actor the performer who gets to keep that secret more so than David playing Mulder uh, right. in in this mm-hmm. case and to have a bit more screen time and to actually have the character make some sort of actions that drive the story and to help us get to that place so that all really seems kind of ass backwards to me um but you've already you've already said all of that and uh yeah it's just strange but folks if you haven't read it yet go over to xfiles.news and read avi's monster um <laughs> discussion with chris about my struggle for it is a really really good read and i know that there's been some assholes online um i think that it's completely balanced and you know if you actually read it and you get the context of uh, avi and chris's relationship because this is not just some fan website um this is you know, Kava, Avi, uh, all these uh, guys over at X uh, at X News, you know, they have relationships with these people. I mean, it, it's kind of a two-way street. It's you know, it's their show, it's Chris's show, but there's a lot of respect in both directions, and I hope that that's can be extended to this podcast as well. That you know, we have a lot of respect for the show, and yes, we joke about it. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, you know. We're gonna we're gonna say some bad stuff about Chris, but it doesn't mean that we don't love him. This is all tough love, and we are all a big family. You know, X Files are all a big family, and uh, we all love the show, and we want it to be as good as possible. Um, but go read Avi's write up. Um, I think it's phenomenal. Um, if you haven't read it, I really highly recommend it. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So we'll go ahead and we will wrap up this podcast now. Um, but don't worry. Uh, much like an elderly man who smoked several packs a day, who once lost so much blood no one could ever live, was pushed down a flight of stairs, shot in the face of a missile, and then riddled with bullets and pushed into the harbour, we will be back. Kind <laughs> <laughs> <Tally> Terminator. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. We are going to have one more podcast episode. It'll be up this time next week. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, season 11 as a whole, kind of a look back and a little bit more of a look forward um, as to what possibly uh, might come our way in terms of X-Files stuff in the future. So if you absolutely hated My Struggle 4, don't worry. We will have some rage courtesy of Tiffany and Garrett. We're going to hold that back for next week's episode. (laughs) if you've listened to this podcast from the very beginning you'll know that you know back in the day when we were going through about five or six episodes of x-files in a single podcast uh, we had a lot more stuff going on we had some listener questions which we haven't done this time around so we're going to bring that back anything that you want to ask us um, about season 11 or about x-files in general if you have questions about some of the vintage episodes, I personally would love to be talking about those a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but anything at all that you want to say, um, hit up X-Files News on Twitter. It's at X-Files News and use the hashtag AskXFiles. So that's Ask X-P-H-I-L-E-S. And uh, Kava and Avi will sort through those and come up with some good ones for us to answer on next week's show. Um, and also, yes, we will do a quiz based on season 11 episodes because we have not done that in a while either. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. And if you really want some fun, go back and listen to some of our original podcasts where we did the quiz every episode, because that was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's about it um, for now, but um, just a friendly reminder as well, we do have that bonus podcast out there available for you to download. Thank you to everybody that has already made a donation and has downloaded that episode hope you've enjoyed it just hop over to xfiles talk xfiles.com and you will see a link for that thank you both so much and uh, i will speak to you next week thank you yep, thanks for having us thank you everybody for listening and make sure you do tune in next week i promise you your head will explode and not in a good way <laughs>